On the phone, we have a Hollywood legend, one of the funniest men in history. He's been entertaining people for over 70 years. Jonathan Winters. How you doing, Mr. Winters? Well, I'm just uh, waking up here. I uh, I have kind of unusual nights. Uh, I broke my shoulder about four years ago. I just didn't want to heal right, so... Uh, but uh, I uh, I wake up with unusual smiles, and uh, I'm awake now, and uh, I was thankful that you sent me your check for $35,000. I couldn't believe that in radio, and uh, so I haven't spent it. I, uh, I just, uh, I got it. You haven't tried to cash that check yet, have you? Oh, no, no, no. I, <laughs> I know better to do that. It'll bounce like a rubber ball. Yeah, I, uh, you guys in radio, but I uh, I started out in radio back in 1948. I was a DJ, and uh, I uh, had a lot of fun. I, I did impressions and voices and got fired because the uh, manager said, to hell with a yes, just uh, time and temperature and play 19 goal. You yeah. did voices. I hear voices a lot of times in my head. Is that good or bad? Well, you hear too many, and they'll put you away. <laughs> You're speaking from personal experience, yes? Yeah, yeah. They also let you out. Oh, yeah, that's a mistake. But uh, it's, uh, it's not much fun being in. I see you started your career because you needed to get a wristwatch if you lost yours. Well, I don't know. I've been lucky. I'm 68 and still working. I, I'm doing a smirk. I don't know you know about the smirk. Uh, they're an international cartoon now. They... Uh, they started in Belgium, and uh, last year, 410 million were sold, and over a million and a half sold here, so they're doing a second sequel. And uh, years ago, I played Grandpa Smurf, and this past year, I played uh, Papa Smurf. So anybody that's working, uh, period, uh, certainly at my age, at 86, uh, it's a minor miracle. When you do the Smurf character, do you have to paint yourself blue to get into the moment? No, I stopped painting myself. <laughs> I, I just got a studio. I sit there and do it. Jack Parr said you were the funniest person around, pound for pound. Did you ever think about putting on more weight to get even funnier? No, I, uh, any more, more weight. I, uh, I've been watching my weight lately. I'm borderline diabetic. And also have a heart problem, so uh, uh, the weight thing is uh, is out. Uh, I gotta watch it. It's it's, uh, it's a scary thing, and uh, and of now, course, if you get too much weight, you end up in a Macy's Day Parade. Now, one of your famous sketches is that of a baseball player. How did that come about? Well, I play a lot of baseball. I watch a lot of games. I'm a Cincinnati fan, and uh, I pitched and. Uh, not for Cincinnati, but um, locally and back in Ohio, and I watched a picture, and I saw his gestures, and uh, ended up doing uh, sort of a pantomime of, of, of a picture. When you moved to Connecticut to basically work on your career, what did your wife say about it when you guys were away from each other? Well, I, I, I moved to Marinette, not to Connecticut. I mean, I worked the road for eight years, uh, and... Nightclubs are not a lot they can say because you're working. I, one thing with all the problems I had, I never put us in debt. And uh, that's, that's a, a big thing. So. Now, when the Dodgers moved to Los Angeles, 
you spent a fair amount of time going to the ball games and there are stories of you being in the dugout and entertaining the players. Were they a pretty good audience? Yeah, pretty good because I was the Cincinnati fan, so it wouldn't be hilarious. Uh, and I knew I was a Cincinnati fan, but uh, I think because I was a baseball fan, that's all that meant. Did you ever entertain Tommy Lasorda? Not for long. He wasn't very happy unless you were a Dodger fan. And all the pictures of players down in his uh, office uh, were of Dodgers. And, uh, he, there was a picture of me up there. And he said, you're a Cincinnati fan. You don't deserve to be up there. And I said, well, and that was that. Now, your your most famous character, I would assume, is Maud Frickert. Yeah. Who, right. once, once, once upon a time, was a lot older than you. Are you catching up to Maud in age? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I just I, I I took the dress off. I don't wear the dress much anymore because you become a woman, you know, uh, an old woman, and a wig and a, a black dress and uh, uh, the whole thing. So I, uh, but I made a lot of money uh, being more perfect. Uh, the reason I I did the character was kind of a salute to the elderly, to uh, the old people, and to uh, Grandma, you could uh, you could you could say a lot of things, not evil things, not even naughty things, but you could say a lot. And uh, religiously, politically, uh, environmentally, uh, etc. And uh, it was a fun character. Your good friend Robin Williams, one of his most famous roles, he played a woman in Mrs. Doubtfire. Did he get the idea well, from you? Well, I think uh, Robin is. Uh, Let's say borrowed bits um, and pieces from all of us. Remember, Red uh, Hilton dressed in a woman, and, and so did uh, Jack Benny, so did Burl, Cliff Olson. A lot of us uh, played different women, and so difficult to say who borrowed from whom, you know. And Blabby from Johnny Carson, and, and uh, so it goes. You seem to have come along at just the right time as in the early days of television because a, a lot of the, the radio comedians of a previous generation, Groucho Marx, Burns and Allen, really weren't as well suited for television as as you were. Is that an accurate uh, assessment, do you think? Well, uh, I guess it is. Uh, the only thing I've identified is bad language. I'm hardly a prude or some kind of religious fanatic. I have my faith. But uh, by the time I moved to New York and then on to uh, Los Angeles and California, I was asked to say uh, four-letter words and four-letter this and that. And I turned it down, still turning it down. And they said, are you reborn? Because I didn't say F-U-C-K or this and that. I said, no, I got it the first time. So that's that. What was it like appearing on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson? That was the best night I had was working with Carson. Carson listened. Carson was a fan. Uh, Carson really cared uh, about what he did. I even mind uh, my stuff to this day, as certainly as a guest, uh, is, uh, uh, you know, uh, what do I want to say? Well, ripping uh, ad lib, okay. And he knew I was at that lib, and it was a surprise. Uh, 
because they didn't know what I was going to do. They knew I wouldn't be there either. They knew I wouldn't get into politics. They knew I wouldn't get into religion or any of that. And they just knew it would be funny and be different. And today it's, uh, it's, it's all changed. And Rancho Marx said that to me, I like you, kid, but you're clean and you tell the truth. Your character, Chester Honeyhugger with the beanie, where did that inspiration come from? Oh, I think it was like when I was a little kid, I, uh, I just tried to be a little kid, and it's pretty hard in an adult body, but uh, it sounded like my childhood, I guess. I was watching one of the Dean Martin roasts, the one for Frank Sinatra, and there was a guy on there, he looked just like you, who was Frank Sinatra's bus driver. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was a fun moment with Frank and doing a, doing a driver. It's a pretty sensitive situation when you're doing anybody on a roast uh, that you don't care. It's the kind of fun you make of them. Uh, you get too far into them and uh, you're, uh, you're in trouble. Where are you located now? In Chicago. Oh, uh, boy, I tell you, I leave you with this. Years ago, when I got out of the Marine Corps in 1946, I went to Chicago, tried to get a WGN. I lived at the Wabash Y and uh, across from the Stevens and worked in Marshall Field with me, selling ties. I like Chicago. It's a great city. They're great people. I was born in Ohio, Middle Westerners. I buy a bar. The greatest and uh, most sensitive and smartest people I know. I, I miss, I miss Chicago, I miss, I miss Illinois, I miss Indiana, Ohio. It's a different breed of cat. Uh, and out here, it's, uh, out here you got the sunshine. But of course it's a thousand dollars a day. That's the main thing they talk about. But I wish you guys good luck. Thank you so much. We hope to see you in the new Smurf movie coming out. I hope so too. I appreciate <laughs> you. You're following me. And uh, I wish you good luck.